Welcome to the Supreme Resort, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort ride by ride, land by land, park by park to determine which is better. I am your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on my personal lifelong quest to answer this long, elusive answer, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me to help the answer, to help find the answer is Jeremy from Spectral Radio. It's good to be here once again. Good to have you back. And Dan from Dan Hates the Beatles. Hi, I might hate the Beatles, but I love being here as well. You hate the Beatles? <laughs> oh, don't I, even okay. get started. So, <laughs> so um, I have another podcast that's going called Dan Hates the Beatles. It's very explicit and has nothing to do with Disney. Um, where I... <laughs> I don't know that I hate them necessarily. I just don't necessarily think that they need to be as big of a deal as they are. Save it for another show. Yep. All right. So, hey, Jeremy, last week you mentioned that you had a meetup at the Illuminations finale and that you met a gentleman that uh, was wearing the same shirt you were. Yeah. And you said that he also listened to the Supreme Resort. And I, I don't ask the questions you don't want to know the answers to, but... Does he like it? I didn't ask. <laughs> you were just so surprised that somebody listened to it. I was like, oh, you, you're the one. You're the one. That's funny. No, I, so, di- I did not ask him. I was too busy, you know, just I, I was in a moment that at that point. I was in my I glory. Um, the, yep. it, the final show hadn't gone off. I was you couldn't you couldn't pull me down off that high. Yes. Jimmy, I was kind of hoping that he would be like a secret guest that we didn't know about. You're like, and here he is. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And our guest joining us today is Joe, listener of listener of podcast. Podcast Joe. There you go. Well, I thought you were going to say maybe he wrote in. He did and not. I, I was, was hoping, just curious about it. I was hoping he was going to write in and say, yeah, Jeremy is is a nice person and he even though he didn't invite me to come watch fireworks with him i mean not that he probably even wanted to like i i i was i you know i listened back to that i think uh well i i gave the same rant on a recent years up and i felt really bad and then i'm like this sounds really arrogant because i'm like oh i didn't ask him to watch fireworks with me like that's some big treat <laughs> well, well, I, he's wearing your shirt he obviously listens to what you do and he, he appreciates your work i'm sure he would have Maybe he just thought it was a nice shirt and was hoping he wouldn't run into me. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was like a, a repellent or something. Like, if I wear this, surely I won't, he won't speak to me. Right, exactly. So I have a question. Do you, is there something in, for either one of you that you – some people have to do this one thing. Like every time you go to the parks, whether it's Disneyland, Disney World, that this is something you absolutely have to do or like an order in which you have to do something – Dan, do you have any thoughts on that? I totally have one. And I I know that you've experienced this with me. Uh, I believe that Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion at Disneyland perfectly complement each other to the point that, like, I I feel like I'm missing out on something if one is closed. And I, I will... Almost always ride Pirates of the Caribbean first and then Haunted Mansion. It's just, it's just a given that it's going to happen that way for me. I think that the, the aesthetic goes together, goes together where? Goes together well. Um, I mean, they were built at and designed at kind of the same time with kind of the same designers and kind of the same vocal people. And it's, it's interesting that there's like enough similar fingerprints on there that I, 
I feel like I can see it and it thematically just kind of comes together for me. So do you feel like, like the pirates and then there's death and then it's the ghosts are related to those pirates? Does it feel like that? I don't know that I've put that much thought into it, but I'm, I'm sure that there's like, I mean, I'm, there's obviously, there is a tie in, you know, that with death and skeletons and ghosts and all that. Um, I think it it just sure why not? <laughs> I mean it. it, it okay. There All is right. a, well there there is a thematic tie in that uh, I, that's a solid argument. I just like the sure. two together. How about you? Is there something you absolutely have to do, Jeremy, every time you go? Yeah, I don't necessarily have an order, um, but <laughs> there is one thing I always do at Epcot, which is I go get a Joffrey's iced coffee with Kahlua. Hmm. Going to the Food and Wine Festival in a couple of weeks. Have you been yet? I've been, and I'm also going in a couple of weeks. Which time? Let's go together. I go down on the this. I'm on. I'm there on the se- the seventh or the eighth. Eighth of November is when I arrive. Oh 8th my the 13th. word! I know, live recording, baby. <laughs> in the bar. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, wear that shirt there, uh, and see if I run into you, and then you invite me to fireworks. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I've never. I will been. be the listener. Thursday is the seventh. And I'm driving yeah, I'm to Orlando the- Thursday evening, so I'll be there. Sweet. We'll hook up. Great. Um, all right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, do you know what's funny about... So Disneyland, I, every time I go, I have to eat at the Rancho del Zocalo every time. And I always get the same thing. I concur. This, this is true. And at Disney World, I always have to go to Flame Tree Barbecue. That's the only thing that I do every time. It's all about food. It- you go to Animal Kingdom every single time you're in Disney World? Yes. Hmm, interesting. Indeed. It's a beautiful park, especially now with the Pandora and go at night. It's just amazing. It's remarkable. Gorgeous. Well, now I would say it probably has the best nighttime spectacular in all of oh, Disney World. <laughs> so I think I might be there a lot more, too. Rivers of Light is better than Epcot Forever? That's mu- it must be crap. <laughs> um, it is a thousand times better. Wow. Oh, man. I, I'll find out for myself in a f- mere couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Jeremy, I have a question for you. I have a question for, for Jeremy. Food Rocks versus Epcot Forever. Which oh. one do you go to? Food Rocks? Yeah, I think that was before his time. Oh, well, really? I okay. know what it is, but I certainly haven't ever seen it. So I could never... But that wasn't a nighttime spectacular. No, that's true. No, God, no, not at uh, all. It was spectacular. I, sure. I'm, just, I'm just saying experience versus experience. Okay. All right. This show is episode... This episode <laughs> is brought to you by Couldn't Get Coveyers. <laughs> get Coveyers, get cool t-shirts, swing by, support the show. It's very, very nice. Uh, this episode is also sponsored by Forced Perspective Jewelers. Are the rings on your fingers too small? Maybe your fingers are just too big. Forced Perspective <laughs> Jewelers. We can't explain it, and you don't want to know. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. It's, you know, I, I, <laughs> Thank you, Forced Perspective thank Jewelers. You. Uh, all right. <laughs> Wherever you so are. So some show corrections from the uh, monorail show. Oh, I have, we have, hold on. We have live on the ground reporting from Jason Petros right now. He sent me a text. He asked Disneyland and they said, you'll have to ask a cast member that it is a case by case basis. And there's certainly not a rule against it. So you can, in theory, still ride in the what, front. For what? For the monorail at Disneyland. Oh, riding yeah. in the front. It, yeah. And the Rainforest Cafe is still closed and there's no set reopen date at present. 
And if you look on the Disneyland app, the Rainforest Cafe appears to have become a rainforest because there's no building. <laughs> the leaf is still cool. The leaf is still cool. They the, didn't have to make it a leaf. Is that it for corrections? That's it. Yeah, we did a good wow. job. That's the no, portion I'm, of the show I'm begin- I dread the most. Is that right? <laughs> oh, Brain just wait. Too. There's more. <laughs> I'm reading the, the new uh, Julie Andrews book called uh, Homework. It's really good. Julie Andrews narrates his book, and it, she talks about her. It book starts at uh, Mary Poppins. And so she goes through that whole experience and, and Sound of Music and kids and family. And it's, it's a behind-the-scenes Hollywood story by Julie Andrews, which is really interesting. Highly recommended for one and all. Today's episode, The Case of the Slot Car Rides. So first, Dan is going to argue... The first attraction, which is a virtual, based on a virtual car design and proving ground test track. And then Jeremy will argue the ride that's based on a popular movie where a young cocky up and comer in his, in his field drives across the country to LA where something goes wrong along the way and he ends up damaging part of a small forgotten town. And the town holds him hostage to fix the inadvertent damage. And the town doc, who is cranky, ends up being his mentor. And then the once standoffish former city girl ends up falling in love with him. And the hero and the big city hero ends up finding himself and setting up shop in that small town. And that movie is, of course, Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood Racers. Look it up. It's the exact same synopsis. But it also is the synopsis for cars. And so Jeremy will be arguing for Radiator Springs Racers. So, so Dan, when Test Track gets a point, you will hear this sound. Seven? Yeah, seven. And when Radiator Springs Racers gets a point, you will hear this sound. Get it in. So because Test Track came first, Dan? Yes. Take it away. Okay. So look. I am aware that Radiator Springs Racers is probably a more popular ride. It is probably a fan favorite. My entire take on Test Track, not entire, uh, I really like Test Track better because, first of all, it's not tied into cars, which I do not like as a uh, an IP. Um and it is an Epcot attraction that is that still feels like an Epcot attraction, uh, at least you know, f- future world attraction. It is all about the uh, industry. It's about cutting edge stuff. It's about you know buy our stuff at the end. Um, and cheesy as that is, it effectively communicates all of that in a way that is fun and dare I say educational. Um, it it feels like it feels like an old Epcot attraction, and we are losing those. So, not only do I actually prefer Test Track, and I feel like I might be taking the dinosaur position as opposed to the Indiana Jones, um, but it 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 just feels right in terms of the in terms of the, for the park that it's in. All right, that's a very strong opening statement. <laughs> I just like it better, dang it. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's see. I look, I it's it's a statement. It and, and let's see if perhaps Jeremy might outdo that opening statement. <laughs> I think there's a good chance of that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I will start with the fact that I've never seen cars. 
Wow, that's a shock. Yeah. I can't countenance. <laughs> Get her done. I really, I find that voice a little grating. Well, I'll tell you what. Go see uh, Doc Hollywood. You've seen the same movie, and it's it's better. Not to be confused with Doc Hopper from the Muppet movie. <laughs> Indeed. Who would ever confuse those two things? <laughs> that's who I thought you were talking about. <laughs> Frog legs. Um <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the scary guy that puts Kermit in that weird chair. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bad man. So, yeah, I'm arguing for Radiator Springs Racers today. Um, I've ridden it a few times. Um, my opening statement really is more around <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's the centerpiece of its land. It helped save its park that it's in. It was part of the multi billion dollar investment that expanded DCA. Um, on its opening, in its opening weeks, it experienced um, wait times in excess of six hours, which we I'm looking at you, smugglers run. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think from a theming standpoint, um, in terms of all the propping, I'm going to talk about all of the audio animatronics that are in it, the beauty of it, all of the nature that it re- that it recreates, the nods that it has to real life throughout the West and Route 66. Um, how well it works with the land that sits around, um, how it isn't a sad excuse for what it used to be, um, how it doesn't have a big tent in front of it that makes it look hideous. Uh, a lot of things I'm going to talk about, but that's my oh. opening statement. So I, uh, as I think it's interesting because you're sort of, you know, Dan, you've said it in the past before because you're from the West Coast and I'm from the East Coast. Right. That it almost seems that we should be arguing for the opposite attractions, meaning I should be test track. But because I hate test track so much, I think this is just wonderful. <laughs> no, this is well interesting said. because I. <laughs> I really I look I get why people prefer Radiator Springs over over Test Track. I get it. I'm just not one of those people and I'm you know as we covered at the beginning I'm not a stranger to having unpopular opinions. Um and so I think this is going to be an interesting discussion. If if <laughs> I, I I don't know how much of a fight I can put up to be honest, but I think I definitely want to bring to light some of the things about Test Track that people don't necessarily Give give it credit for you know it's it's right. aesthetically it's 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 very self contained and it, it's 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 an interesting ride. All right. So as far as opening statements is concerned, I would have to agree with with Jeremy on his opening statement. So Radiator Springs Racers point. Oh wow! Already? Hold on! I'm really getting it done. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. So Dan, tell us about Test Track. Tell us about the ride experience. Okay. Well, uh, for the ride itself, the original version of the ride was themed to resemble and call to mind safety, safety crash test safety dummies, uh, which had an odd cultural re- relevance around that time. The queue, cars, and ride itself all had some thematic reference to the safety tests that we can presume all GM cars are put through so that we can all know that GM is the safest of them all. Uh, this version closed in 2012, and GM shifted the brand focus to Chevrolet and how that line of cars is designed, or how we are encouraged to imagine that they are designed. Where before we were testing safety, now we are testing performance. This presumably would make for a more fluid ride, but that is probably up to personal taste. Um, this new focus is decidedly more digital or virtual in design, since cars are now designed digitally. This is, after all, Epcot Center, and we want to showcase what 
at least feels cutting edge in, in industry. And it can be argued that having the specter of bumbling crash test dummies as a major thematic element didn't quite achieve that goal. But yeah, I have to say, you um, that's an interesting point you bring up that I never thought of is how relevant crash test dummies were to our lives in the 90s. Right? It's like That's Australia right. in the 80s. It's like... <laughs> it's, yeah, there's like, like a whole TV show, wasn't there? Right. Yeah, yeah. And well, I, I think that that might have something to do with why... I didn't... Honestly, I didn't focus a whole lot on the previous version, even though a lot of people do like it better. Um, because I'm, I'm talking about the version that we have now, of course. Um, but yeah, I, it, it feels like... Someone probably said, "Hey, crash test dummies, they're cool. <laughs> Let's do something with the crash test dummies." You know, well, also, in the original story of that ride, the yeah. crash test dummies went on strike because of poor workplace conditions, and so the guests were recruited as their replacements. Really? Oh, that's good because they were getting beaten up in that queue too. They were like that's getting right. smashed with stuff, and <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun queue, and I I do somewhat miss it. But you know, hey, we have. Well, we don't have. forget about the band, the Crash Test Dummies. Also, do you remember them? Of I course. was waiting for that. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I, I think. I, well, they. Yeah, what song is that? Does Disney own Dumb and Dumber now? Does what? Does Disney own they Dumb and might. Dumber now? It's po- uh, probably. Let's say they do. Anyway, that would be keep going on about the, okay. the, the ride or the queue. So uh, this new focus uh, got that. Uh, bit about the vehicles. Test track is a slot car ride, meaning that it is held in place and powered underneath the track itself. Think of it as a monorail-like arrangement, only faster and smaller. It only takes 8.8 seconds for the cars to go from 0 to 65 miles per hour. The cars are also equipped with 250 horsepower, nearly equal to a supercharged 3.8 liter, 240 horsepower, 1997 Pontiac Grand Prix, Grand Prix, which um, I'm assuming is a cool car. Sounds cool. I don't know anything about cars, which is another weird reason for me to like this ride, but... Um, when the ride was first being designed in 1997, the Grand Prix seemed like a good choice to model the test vehicles after, and even after the 2012 renovation, they still keep to the model. Um, I tried to find written documentation of how the ride system works, but apparently that's somewhat of a mystery. Um, however, from looking at the pictures of the car design, it appears that the track we see is mainly for looks, although the tires we see do provide a lot of help in braking and hugging of the entire ride path. It appears that there's a main track just beneath the one we see. If it helps picture like the chassis of a roller coaster which rolls along a steel track, then imagine a big like stick on which you put a sports car that rolls along a secondary track. Every vehicle has three onboard computers. Uh, the power of those combined is more powerful than the processing power of the space shuttle. Uh, before the ride opened, programmers realized that in order for the ride to run at a reasonable c- capacity, they would need almost 30 cars on the track. The software could handle six. So they did what anyone would do, add one more at a time and figure out a way to make the robots deal with it. The current design throughout the ride has been referred to as Tron Test Track, since the ride visually commits to this theme of, of virtuality by making the environments glowing blue, red, yellow, and green, or RYBG, 
which is the core color palette of most digital environments. Imagineers were inspired by video games and by the visual design of Tron Legacy in creating this new version. Even the new test track theme has some musical nods to Sims composer Elin Eshkeri, whether intended or not. Once riders are seated and belted, they ascend... Sims composer? Yeah, Sims. Like the Sims The Sims, the game. Wow. Listen, if you listen to the the current test track theme and if you have played the sims for as many hours as i have there's i again i don't know if it's it's intentional or not but there's so many uh connecting elements to it that it sounds intentional well it is a simulated test track i mean it's right. a simulated ride right vehicle, right, right. Yeah. and they sure were, it fits yeah i mean why not and i mean the sims is a popular game so sure uh, once riders are seated and belted they ascend a long ramp up the top of the building uh, up to the top, top of the building, surrounded by abstract colors and shapes where they begin with the capability test. Your vehicle connects to OnStar, which seemingly has control over the weather in the virtual environment, because why not? All around you are projections of rain as your sim car accelerates through a simulation of a wet surface. Then, because lightning is cool, you accelerate again before a digital arc of lightning nearly strikes your sim car. That's right, you almost die. The projected simulations vanish into thin, thin air, and each rider's car design is judged harshly but fairly, while the score is shared to, to everyone to, for scorn and our praise. And I didn't get into this because I skipped the, the queue part. In the queue, you can actually design uh, your own car design that is, that is put onto an RFID card, and it kind of rides with you and, and shows you this is what your design would have done. Can I tell you my theory? Yes. My theory is that Chevrolet collects all of the data from all of the designs from all the people and whichever cars are getting the highest ratings and highest points that we're doing their R&D for them. That's my theory. That was Tin Hat Corner with Jimmy. (laughs) 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 No, it's actually that's that's probably true. (laughs) I mean, if if a certain kind of design gets the highest score consistently... I mean, why not? They, they the are time. paying to have the ride there, right? Yeah, it's right. I mean, it's it's only a little scummy. <laughs> but those designs are so weird and impractical. It's not like you would say like, oh, you know, they, it's like, do you want a big sail or a big, you know, lever on your, like, I don't know. They look very strange. The exhaust pipes coming out of the roof. Like, are they really considering those options? They sh- I don't know they should if be. it works. <laughs> Ex- okay. Indeed. If it works on the sim track, don't say no to progress, Jeremy. Um, I've actually never designed one of my own vehicles on test tracks. I always do the single rider line, which this was one of the first rides to have a single rider line. Cause like I said, I'm not like a car person. I don't, I don't care, but, it, but for someone who is a car person who like, especially like a kid who's, who, who's into that kind of stuff. Oh my God, I can't believe it. It would, it would be, it'd be insane. I, I would think to think i'm going to ride this it is kind of neat to see how the configuration that you put forward would read like you know right. this okay so i'd use wind energy to power my car and that's really efficient or you know the, it, it is kind of neat how you can see how it, those elements and how they're how you augment them would would react under certain different tests and yeah. trying to come up with the right combination for an overall good car it is kind of neat. right yeah the impact of your choices right yeah, and I think anyone who was a car nerd would probably really enjoy that. I just happen to be a nerd for 
you know, abstraction and design and, and and all that kind of stuff. So that that's where the ride hits me personally. But um, God, I can't imagine if the anyway. It's cool. Um, right, yeah, moving. <laughs> I just keep saying the same thing. I also want to point out here that throughout and between every scene are fun little visual flourishes uh, using projections, like a set of abstract shapes that morphs into a futuristic futuristic cityscape. Wow. As you approach it. Uh, next up is the car's aerodynamics. And yeah, that part is pretty stupid and unimpressive, but I guess the kids probably like seeing a wisp of smoke pass over a reflection of the SIM car. Whatever. It's better than Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, the next test is the responsive test, where your car accelerates through a series of turns lined with delightful Tron-like trees. You all know how much I like trees. Then you narrowly avoid hitting an oncoming truck. You are once again graded, and the person who made the worst design is filled with shame. Uh, next up is the part that most people who aren't me probably look forward to the most, the power test, a.k.a. the part where it goes fast and, OMG, this is so much better and cooler than World of Motion. This isn't to say that the fast part isn't awesome, but people who truly enjoy watching graphic design float around in an abstract orgy of neon, com- neon complexity in the guise of a procedural about car design are already happy. I can say this because I'm one of those people. Uh, you enter a chamber that visually resembles the long hill at the beginning of the ride and then accelerate to nearly 65 miles per hour for a loop around the outside of the show building. I'm aware that Radiator Springs Racers has multiple hills and more turns and will most likely win this whole thing, but what is on display in this part of the ride is purely speed, and that's all we need to have. Uh, To test the power of a car, that's all we have to test the power of a car. It fits with the intent and purpose of the ride without pulling a bait and switch, where you were suddenly on an extended other ride. This is not to accuse Radiator Springs Racers of doing that. I'm merely pointing out that for what the ride is trying to do, this is enough. I submit that the same is true for Radiator Springs. In each case, you get exactly what you were promised. And yeah, I understand why one has a stronger following than the other. Then the ride is over after a sharp but a little too slow decline that is frankly a bit of a mystery. Wonderful. Thank you, Dan. It's a delightful ride. Thank you. And it maxes out at 64.9 miles an hour. And a fun fact about Test Track, the original intent was for it to go to 95 miles an hour, but the... The legal limit, speed limit in Florida was 65, so it's 64.9 is the fastest it goes. It is the fastest ride at any Disney park as far as rides like that go. I think it's the fastest in the world. It is. Yeah, it is, it is the fastest Disney So I will ride. say, as far as the queue goes, we addressed it a little bit. The queue at Test Track was better. It's still fairly interactive. You get to design your own car, and it's it's sort of your part of the experience a little bit more. Right. So as right. a queue goes, I would say Test Track gets a point. Seven. Yeah, seven. All right, cool. They got her, got her did. All right, so Jeremy, tell us about Radiator Springs Racers. Radiator Springs Racers was announced along with the rest of the expansion of Disney California Adventure on October 17, 2007, finally opening as the cornerstone attraction of the new Cars Land section of the park on June 15, 2012, with wait times during its opening sometimes exceeding six hours. It cost an estimated $200 million to construct, making it the single most expensive ride in the world at the time. Guests board one of eight convertible ride vehicles, each with its own personality and color that can hold six passengers in the Comfy Caverns Motor Court. After departing the Motor Court, the vehicles enter the Dark Ride section of the attraction, accompanied by Jonathan Sachs' rousing soundtrack from the movie. 
On their journey, they encounter other audio animatronic vehicles from the Cars movie, including a near head-on collision with Mac and a near miss at a railroad crossing. Guests then come upon the sheriff, who instructs the passengers to slow down and follow Mater into town for a race. Voiced by Larry the Cable Guy, or as I refer to him, Gitter Dunn, Mater takes the guests tractor tipping on the way into town. As audio animatronic tractors tip up toward the sky as the vehicles pass, guests enjoy increasing speeds as they head into town, a.k.a. Radiator Springs, an elaborately themed section, uh, nighttime section of the attraction. At this point, the vehicle hits a switch in the track, which will randomly send the car into one of two separate experiences in the town to prepare for the race. One option is a stop at Luigi's Casa Della Tires for some new tires, the other option to the right takes the vehicle for a fresh new coat of paint at Ramon's House of Body Art and lines up on the left track. Now the vehicle proceeds to line up next. The vehicles proceed to line up next to each other um, on the opposite track for an actual race against the opposite car. Yeah, Jeremy, I want to stop you there. The fact that you have two different options and it could be a different experience every time and the winner is different every time. That is 100 percent point in favor. Get her done. Get her done. Great. Continue. Mine's faster. Um, well, it is a good. It is an interesting point that you say that yours is faster. Um, but I would refer to you our monorail episode where we decided speed doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and also, when you're sitting there waiting to get your, there's like a visual trick of the eye where you look off to the left or the right and you see your car get new tires or get a paint job. So it's kind of cool. The vehicle then speeds out into Ornament Valley, where it races the opposite car over hills, around twists, up and down hills and valleys, and turns at speeds up to 40 miles per hour, weaving in and around the massive rock work, um, which just adds to the realism of the massive exterior. Unlike Test Track, where you go out and you see the garbage cans behind the building, you know, the dumpster, the employee employee parking. And if you're lucky... You get a nice whiff of the treatment plant that is behind Epcot. It's a, it's a lovely treatment plant. It's a delight. And you're, and you're thankful that you're going 64 miles an hour because you want to get the hell back inside. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, ultimately, a winner of the two-car race is selected at random before the car turns to the unloading station, having gone faster than McQueen, according to Mater. Uh, the traction uh, concludes with a short drive through Taillight Caverns. Taillight Caverns is a dark cave full of glowing stalactites, which Disney Imagineers conceived as a stunning finish to the dramatic race. This is where Lightning McQueen and Mater congratulate both vehicles on the race. It tells a great story about making great friends, slowing down and enjoying life, creating good relationships, and helping others on the road. That is quite lovely. You didn't talk about the waterfall at the outset of the ride at the beginning when you're kind of going slow before the dark ride area. At nearly 300,000. <laughs> I have more. That was just sort of like my overview of the attraction. Um, but the um, I, I will talk about some of the um, the exterior that you that you're surrounded on and that that exterior of of the attraction also serves as the backlot to or the backdrop, really, to the whole land. At yeah. nearly 300,000 square feet, the mountain range is the largest rock construction in any domestic Disney park and stands 120 feet 
125 feet high at its highest peak, the 1959 Cadillac. The six peaks of the mountain range represent Cadillac tail fins from 1957 through 1962 and was inspired by the Cadillac Ranch, a row of actual Cadillacs buried hood first in the ground in Texas. So if you if you notice those those peaks that go along at an angle at the top, um, those are meant to mm-hmm. give you the impression of Cadillacs buried there with their tail fins. The land employs Disney's oh. often used trick of forced perspective on bridges, roads, and other elements to make the valley seem even larger than it appears, including a bridge crossing over a waterfall. It is visually stunning both during the day and at night when fully lit. More than 4,000 tons of steel were used to erect the mountain range and Radiator Springs radi- Racers attraction. Um, and then I just have some – the rest is just really um, interesting facts about it. So that's really the overview. Yeah, well, let's let's wait that for the lightning round. So as far as the ride itself is concerned and the experience, Radiator Springs Racers offers a more unique, better storytelling experience. So it gets a point. Getting her done. Get her done. Now, the, the thing about Test Track as, as an experience, you know, the, the fast is fun. You know, I think they both go fast to so the 65 miles an hour versus whatever it ends up being at Radiator Springs. It, it's not right. that significant. What I don't like about the new Test Track is I like the Tron aesthetic, but it's the entire ride that it visually just all is the same to me. And and it's the same exact ride. Nothing changed. But like the, the anti-lock brake system in the in the the ride that closed you know it was it's a cool experience like we're going to do anti-lock brakes then we're not it's just a better story than it is now so from an actual ride experience is concerned i'd have to say radiator springs wins right and i actually don't disagree with you on the the previous version probably being a better ride i just i really do like and look i realize i'm probably very much in the minority here but i really like the new design mainly be pro- probably for the reasons that you don't that you don't like it is that it's very consistent and has an aesthetic which is a word you know i like the aesthetic of it um and i i i actually really love the blue i think it feels much more futuristic than the than the than the first version of test track did mm-hmm. um i think you know even now with some of the graphics they have a nod to the old world of motion logo which fits right in it's it, so i love the blue i love the right. digital aspect of it i think where that falls short for me is mm-hmm. it gets a little and i think jimmy you were kind of going in this direction it, it gets a little mundane and after so long you know it was really cool in the old one when you would go through the heat and the cold tests and you'd feel warmth and you'd feel cold. Now you see a scan. Right. And it's like, and so the I get it, it's digital, whatever. but you, you lose that story makes you lose some of that interaction. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, and we lose John Michael Higgins too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who was in the, the original. Never forget. Kid. Never forget. He's yeah. Michael, uh, Rashad. I, I think, <laughs> I think if I were talking about the original version of this ride, it would be a much easier haul. Um, but I'm not because it's not around anymore. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on. Before we do, I want to talk about the back of Radiator Springs, the Cadillac range. First of all, I, they want to say that the the aesthetic of it was sort of inspired by Bryce Canyon, I believe, in Utah from some of the colors and things. And it, it's just, I mean, as far as fake rocks go, I think i think everyone can agree that it is by far the best fake rock on the planet. I, right? It's It's spectacular. I, I completely agree. And so borrowing from another show, I would say the fake rocks get a point. <laughs> <laughs> and But the backside of the fake rocks for years was just an open scaffolding against 
uh, Harbor Boulevard, no, not Harbor, Catella Boulevard Avenue, and it was just an eyesore. Did they change that? Have they covered that up yet? Ever since I've been going to Disneyland, it ha- it still looks the same as whatever I've ever known it as. So I don't know if it looked different, but it does just look. I mean, it's painted in shades that kind of mimic, like you know, as the colors get lighter as you go up. But ultimately, it does look like scaffolding. It looks horrible. Right. It's a terrible yeah. eyesore. Yeah, as far as show goes, I guess once you're inside the berm, it's fine. But man. yeah, but I, you know, I feel like it's sort of disrespectful. You know, if you um, if you look at Ex- Expedition Everest in Florida from one side, it's kind of the same effect. Like Expedition Everest is just flat on one side, mm-hmm. but you can kind it's a of big warehouse. And you would think with so much space, yeah. they would not right. do that. So much space and so much money, right? But they, you know, and that's the thing. You know, when they built when so when they built Horizons, it was show ready from all sides because. There was originally planned to be a separate Lake Buena Vista monorail that would come around the backside and drop you off at Epcot. So they were like, you know, they were going to make it look good from all sides. Mm. Well, you could, obviously we are able to get vantages that show us the back of those two attractions and how bad they look, let alone what Disney has done with um, the spires of Galaxy's Edge. I mean, coming into Hollywood Studios in Florida and also coming up um, in Anaheim. It looks terrible. You have you have clumps of mud on stilts. And I do think that this is a, a problem that that company just it, it's you're you're in a community. You are plopped down in the center of a community and you're putting bad show on for them every single day. And I think it's almost offensive. Yeah, I agree. And I, I want to say that there was some act to, to change that. And in Orlando, I mean, that they own the community so maybe they're not offending as many neighbors but but yeah put in the effort right well finish finish the rocks do whatever and i want to also point out that because the building for test track is in the old building for world of color it was built about the same era that horizons was so it's 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 pretty on all sides and it's you know it's all you know uh steel and glass and it's very industrial but it's 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 pretty industrial so how to point jimmy how to point all right i will give test track a show ready from all angles point yeah except for that big scaffolding tent it's got but i'm gonna let this one slide (laughs) part of the show there we'll take it uh yeah yeah so another thing you talked about the buena vista monorail there's a rumor that you can put to bed right now the swan and dolphin both have gaping holes that looks like the gaping holes in the middle that we're going to have monorails going through. Is that, is that a rumor? That is so factually untrue. That is not, that is not the case. I'm taking a point away from me for factually untrue (laughs) rumors. That is a rumor. You just repeated a rumor, but it's been debunked. But wouldn't that be cool? That'd be a cool visual. Uh, Yeah. It's, um, it was a, just a design element to create some negative looking space. And someone decided to say that, but where would it go? It doesn't, it makes, it actually makes absolutely no sense that that would go through. It does not. And those hotels are eyesores as, as they Mm -hmm. exist anyway, but that's beside the point. That's for another episode of Supreme Resort. (laughs) Which one's the biggest eyesore? (laughs) (laughs) The the Sheraton or, uh, all right, Jeremy, you want to do rapid fire or do you guys want to talk about the exit? I would like to talk about the exit because guests can use their magic band ticket or design key that has their Chevrolet custom concept vehicle that they made in the design studio to see their scores from the ride, 
play games, and make an ad in the Chevrolet showroom. In the showroom, guests can also check out some of the newest Chevrolet vehicles, take virtual photos with their custom-designed cars, and make SIM car cards (laughs) for their cars using their magic band, ticket, or design key. And there is also, of course, a gift shop. And this is one of those things where I don't care about cars at all. But every time I walk through that thing, I kind of wish that I did because there's at least minutes of entertainment there. If not, and I, I don't know. I don't know how engaging the stuff is because I'm not its target market. But there is stuff that someone who likes yeah. car stuff. There's interactive right, things. Right. There's games. There's things you can do. It's a showroom for Chevrolet at the end of the day. But the fact that there's interactive things to do in the exit that, in fact, people who are too young to ride the ride or too frightened or whatever can spend the time while everybody's waiting in the queue and be entertained throughout. So that that is a point in favor of Test Track. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, I know my personal preference when I'm walking out of Test Track is usually – who cares about this? I got to get to Mexico. I need a margarita. Right. But it's um, there. Amen. But it is there, I suppose. Uh, the thing that bothers me about that is, okay, it's supposed to be cutting edge. We're going to look at the future. Now, there's auto shows across the country that are constantly displaying concept cars that do the latest and greatest. And you get to walk in there and look at a Jeep. Like, wow, that's exciting. I haven't right. seen one I mean, of those. But, sorry, Jeep is not a licensed trademark of the Chevrolet Corporation. Strike that from the record, Your <laughs> or Honor. Whatever. You, are, you are, Your Honor. <laughs> you know, oh, it's just like, here's a car I could go buy right now. I don't know. if you And I find if you want to do that, but then show me what's coming in five years. Show me what you're working on and developing. That's what Completely. Epcot is. Right. Um, I completely agree. Did, did they have a hydrogen-powered car forever, right? They had a hydrogen-powered model? Uh, yes, absolutely. Or in the exit. Uh, I wonder how many people actually have bought a car from Epcot, the Chevrolet showroom, at the exit of Test Track. How many people have purchased a car? If you've bought a car at Epcot, call in. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Jeremy, I, but I also think that that's sort of an Epcot problem. It's a Tomorrowland problem. Um, and hopefully that sort of thing will get sorted out with the new imagining of that area. But I mean, you're, you're yeah, absolutely but it's not be right. Future world right. anymore. Yeah. What's that area of the park now called with guardians and mission space world discovery, the play pavilion world discovery where yeah. you can discover your so, new car. Yeah. It, it's the, the exit experience is a better experience. This this show is about which is the better experience, and I would say that gets a point. So I've already awarded a point. Are we ready for the lightning round? Yes. You, Jeremy, yeah, ready? I, I kind of have said everything at this point, but we'll, let's let's go. Oh, I thought there was a lightning round. Well, I know, but then I, I kept going. Uh, okay. I have a few more interesting <laughs> All right. tidbits. Go ahead. Well, right now, the score is tied. Tied? Going outrageous. Yeah. Well, you know, he got the, the show building, yeah. the queue, and the exit. And then you got the other stuff. So going into lightning round, Jeremy, go. Uh, the attraction to help tell the story and immerse the guests in Cars Land employs a staggering 23 audio animatronic characters. Mm. Point for Radio Springs. Mine has a theme song. Getting her done. Wait, now I just tried to rename it. Getting her done. <laughs> Do I get a point for the theme song? They both have music. Uh yeah, they both have me. And, and the but this one has a theme song. It is it actually is really good audio, but 
they both have music. Hmm. But isn't Test Track or Radiator Springs just like music from the movie? Or are you saying that it's adapted from the movie, but it's not just straight rip from the soundtrack? So you're saying that Test Track has a dedicated theme song written for it. Yes. By the same musician who did the music for The Sims. No, it's no, not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the the current theme song to my ear sounds like it's uh, inspired by. Oh my god! Because they were they were going into uh, uh, video games for uh, inspiration. Ah, okay, all right. Point for test track. That's a point. Dedicated that it has theme a song. song. Seven. Yeah. Seven. The, here, okay, here's an argument. Um, the vehicles at uh, in Radiator Springs have a much more interesting ride. They go up, they go down, they go around turns, all while racing against another car that's gaining on you, losing on you. So you're constantly not only looking aso- at, to the side at all the amazing rock work that Jimmy loves, but you're also looking into the other side and seeing a car that's like coming up on you or beating you and then you're gaining on it. So there's like a real feeling of excitement throughout all of that, as opposed to just a bunch of straight line speed um, that looks at Epcot's storage and dumpsters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. And the, the cars actually have personality, which is kind of fun. And each one has a little bit of a different personality. I would give that a point for the ride experience again for the, the variety and the personality of the cars. Point Radiator Springs. Mine has no Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, point <laughs> test track. <laughs> oh, God. Seven? Yeah, seven. Still tied. I think that this meets uh, the trademark Jeremy formula for a great attraction. Amazing <laughs> theming, great story, combined with elements of thrill. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. What was it? What did you call it? The Jeremy formula for great attractions. The JFGA. The Jeremy formula. I'm writing that down. The Jeremy <laughs> JFGA, formula. yes. You know what? It's getting a point for JFGA. That's it. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Dan has to accept that. 100%. It's the GFGA seal of approval. <laughs> um, test track is not tied in with any IP, which is a lost. It's a, it's a rare breed these days in Epcot. It will be. It will be. You want to give it a point. Just just wait. It will be. When Chevrolet's $10 million a year expires, because they've, they've lost I don't they've, doubt they've it. Threatened to cancel the contract twice when they were up for bankruptcy one time and maybe a couple of times, and they renewed with a new reimagining of the attraction. So when that 10 years is over, which, when is that, 2012? So in a couple of years, it, it, it will be. So I, I can't. So, okay, but what if we give it the point now and then in 10 years or so we take it away? <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Um, it may not, but I feel the the issue with it not having an IP, not that I'm pro IP, right. um, it, it, it doesn't have an IP, but you – Radiator Springs Racers is in a park that ma- that makes it makes sense that it should have an IP. Well, it's, it's, it's California Adventure. It's, and it's not, in Cars it's Land, not the experimental right? prototype community of tomorrow. Right. It sits in Cars Land. I would actually say, from a theme standpoint, it makes much more sense in the land that it lives versus something that currently is called Future World that shows you current technology. I actually, and here's my argument about. Hold on a second. With the with the whole IP argument, what is Chevrolet? 
it's a it's intellectual property. Yeah, okay. It's not Disney intellectual property, but what is the difference between But it's not a story. Well, I guess, but does that make it better? Because it's not a fun story. It kind of makes it worse because it's not a story. And the thing about IP, I've said this before, there's been sponsorship for Disney parks from day one. Whatever they could throw IP Mm -hmm. at, they did, whether it's Peter Pan or Dumbo or whatever it was. It was always some kind of Disney IP, but anything else that didn't have had to be sponsored by somebody to get it built. Now they've got so much money and so much IP, they don't need to go to sponsors to build things anymore. They're doing it themselves, right? And I think that's the only difference between this Disney Parks and 1955 Disney Parks is the amount of money they have and the amount of IP they have. So I don't see why having IP in a park in an attraction is a bad thing because there's no difference between that and General Motors and Exxon and whatever else. Is it better to have Exxon or excuse me, uh, Exxon uh, FedEx as a sponsor of the space mountain like does that make space mountain better because fedex sponsors it instead of tron you know what i'm saying well the fact that it is chevrolet doesn't bother me at all so for all the reasons that jimmy just you know kind of articulated but um what bothers me is that this was the first reimagining that really tossed away the original vision of Epcot. So it was sitting there, Horizons. It, it replaced World of Motion. Mm-hmm. Now, Ellen's Energy Adventure came in the year before in 1996, be- the year before Test Track opened, but it basically was still the same ride, just with Ellen as an overlay, and you still learned all the things about energy and the, the future of energy. Stupid Judy. This completely <laughs> jettisoned the concept of the world of motion, and instead of telling you a story and where some, where this technologies could go, it was like, crash test dummies and it was it was more of an experience rather than a story so i actually think that this is you know this was the watershed that that opened epca up to all the stuff that we now hate Hmm. okay Hmm. so do we have any final arguments the the score is still well can i add that uh test track i think i just made one (laughs) you did you did a great job final final uh test track is the first uh theme park at epcot center Wait, did I say theme park? <laughs> Thrill ride. <laughs> Thrill ride at Epcot Center. It, it remains, well, I guess Mission Space technically is there. Uh, all right. So I actually disagree with that fact because when Maelstrom opened, because it had a waterfall, uh, they called it a, a thrill. That's a good point. It may not have been as thrilling. But was, but it, it, was it really a thrill? That's how they, a high seas uh, adventure. Okay. So. I can I, I got one more, and you're going to love this, Jimmy. And that opened in 1988. <laughs> uh, Test Track has a secret lounge for GM employees. You have to give that a point, because I know how much you love exclusive stuff like that. They all have exclusive. Uh, Spaceship Earth has one. Right, but but Tes, uh, uh, Radiator Springs does not have because one. Because they don't have a sponsor. Okay, Sure. I don't know. I, listen, I, I do like cool exclusive stuff, but guess what? I can't go in there, so screw that place. But the employees of GM can. All right. I'm going to stop this. This this Okay. Radiator Springs Racers probably needs to win. I get that. But come on. That's cool. I don't know. The American Adventure has a, has a lounge, but and you can at least get into it. Exactly. I'm not sure. The whole point of this is what make what is a better attraction for the listeners of this podcast, and unless they're GM employees, that's completely irrelevant. Exactly. That's and you. You know, I wrote on Test Track two weeks ago. That's thank you. I, I got no enjoyment out of 
Well, I didn't get much enjoyment at all. That ride stinks. But um, I certainly didn't get any enjoyment. The only thing I, I, I did get enjoyment out of was it was hot and sunny and that, that tent thing that I that's out front that I hate. It actually did provide some shade. Yeah, some misters out there, too. Uh, yeah. So here's my verdict. Right now, the score is tied. Test Track is an innovative attraction. It was the first of its kind to do this technology in Disney Parks. It's the fastest ride in the parks. It has some really neat, innovative elements. It's a lot of fun. There's things to do for the kids. It's one of the first must-do attractions for us. We get test. All my family likes the ride, and we all get fast passes. As an experience, as a total experience, telling a story, having unique, unique show elements and animatronics, and telling a story, and having the race, I think is the biggest fundamental difference between the two attractions, where you're actually racing another car. It's random, and you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know which side you're going to go on. I think for me, as a total experience, I think Jeremy had brought this up on another another show. If the two were sitting side by side, I would pick Radiator Springs Racers every time. And ultimately, this this journey we're on is for me to finally answer the question, which is better between the two resorts, because I don't really know. And so for me, as a total experience, I would choose it's Radiator Springs Racers. I want to just add one thing just to buttress that, because I, I think it should be said, is that um, side by side, the race is great. I do love that that race. But I think when you're inside, um, well, and when you're outside, the workmanship in the force perspective, the rock work, the fountains, the scenery, the audio animatronics, the nighttime scene that you go through versus a warehouse full of blue lights. I just think, oh, you know, from start to finish, you are immersed in this world with detail. You, your eyes don't you can't your eyes are constantly looking around and being surprised and seeing something new. I just don't think that you get that in that digital blue right, light right. warehouse. Not anymore, right? If this were 5 years ago, we would be having a different conversation, but we're living in what we're living with today. So as a result, Radiator Springs Racers is the supreme slot car attraction. Yay, we got her done. Well, and I I I I figured this would be the case and I don't disagree that it's generally Thanks for noticing me. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it, it's I I totally understand why people like it more. Um but there's weird nitpicky things about uh, Radiator Springs Racers that I just am weird. I have issue with like going into the show building from the daylight where it's like dark. I know that's weird. Yeah. Like I know that's weird, <laughs> but it does it it bothers me. No, it's a good point. You're talking about show and it's like I'm I'm outside right. in the daylight and the sunshine and then now I'm at night. It's like twilight now. But I mean, but at the same time what else what else are they going to do? So do you yeah. take that away from Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion? No, well, uh, I but mean, I thought they all do right, that. Right, but I thought that's about a dark that. Ride is. Pirates of the Caribbean you you start the ride in a dark environment. Like I'm not saying that this is a this is a, a logical or reasonable point. It is just how my brain works. No, your point is I, that's, that makes sense. Right. All right. I think that concludes the case of the slot cars. If anybody's interested in giving their opinion, please find us at Twitter at the no Supreme Resort. Just Supreme Resort. Just Supreme Resort at Twitter, and you can. Find us on Facebook, and you can email us. I'm Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com. Dan is Dan at earsup-podcast.com. And Jeremy is at Spectro Jeremy on, fa- on Twitter, right? Is that okay? 
at Spectro underscore radio on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, great. And don't forget to listen to the other shows on the Ears Up Podcast Network. That's Ears Up, Ears Up In-Depth, a very popular show. And Sabres and Superpowers. And until next time, have a great day. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 See you next time. Yeah.